0: Welcome to the Dry Eye Chronicles podcast series. My name is Walt Whitley, and I'm excited to have my good friend, Dr. Mark Blumenstein, here as our guest. Welcome, Mark. Hey, I do want to switch gears to treatment. The FDA approved Lodopredolotabinate ophthalmic suspension 0.25%. Isuvus, which is the first drug to treat dry eye signs and symptoms on a short-term basis for up to two weeks, including dry eye flares. Can you outline some take-home points regarding the addition of this unique corticosteroid drug to the dry eye therapeutic toolbox
1: so one one of the things for me is i like to empower my patients to be able to manage their conditions when i'm not there you know and you know studies have shown there's been surveys that show that about 80 percent of dry eye patients these patients that we know have dry eyes that we've gone through and diagnosed them, 80% of them feel that they experience you know, what we call dry eye flares. Um, more importantly, 45% say they only experience flares. So as I had mentioned earlier, I know that a corticosteroid, reducing that inflammation, especially when you can see the chemosis and you can hear the patient's symptoms, having a, a Lodopradinol suspension that's a low concentration with uh, more importantly what I love being able to do is tell a patient look I hear you I see you I feel you so what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity to manage these challenges when they happen and here is a product which I feel to be safe and I feel it to be efficacious and I feel it's going to help you during those times the times that we've we've established when they were, you know. Well, one, one of the things that I always love is when patients ask me about blue blocking computer glasses, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. well, why do you think you need Why do you think you need those? Well, you know, I'm on the computer a lot. And I'm like, you know what? I have something for you. I have a treatment that has been shown to actually take the red out, and more importantly, you know what? It's a short term treatment.
0: One of the important aspects of ISUBIS is that the drug is formulated with Amplify which is Kala Pharmaceuticals' proprietary mucus-penetrating nanoparticle technology. Could you outline a little bit about this technology, why it differentiates isubus from other steroids, and how it may impact dry disease patients suffering from dry-eye flares?
1: So there's always a difference, and you know, it's interesting is, you know, we're, patients love or pharmacists love to sit there and say, hey, can I get a generic? and And I think I I guess, I don't know, I've always gravitated towards not wanting to prescribe generics. There's a a difference between a mechanism of action, and we know the steroids mechanism of action. However, we don't always know what the mechanism of delivery is. And oftentimes, and especially you can go back and look at like, you know, glaucoma medications, you know. If we have a great molecule, but it's not getting where it needs to get go, then we're not going to see that the pressure changes. And that's the same thing with steroids. The Amplify takes the molecules of the lotoparadenol, and it basically kind of takes them into this. Just just think about like a, like popcorn that's coated with like um, something delicious, like, I don't know, like cheese, right? So you have a very small, tiny little piece of popcorn as a micro-popcorn and one of the things that we want to do is get it into the eye and we want it to penetrate to the tissue we need to get it to, it has to traverse through the ocular surface, it has to get through the mucin, it has to be small enough to bob and weave in there and get to the um, epithelium, to the corneal surface. What the Amplify does is kind of like my analogy of coating popcorn with cheese, so you have cheese corn, you're basically coating the little pratenol, which basically allows it to traverse through there and get to the tissue in the concentrations
0: we're looking for. I agree. Uh, kicking it up a notch, let's dig into some appropriate patient types who may benefit from Isuvus as their first choice for short-term prescription therapy to treat patients with dry eye disease who may experience dry eye flares. What types of patients would you use Isuvus for in clinical practice? Let's start with a drug-naive patient. Let's say let's a patient who has mild to moderate dry eye. They're on artificial tears. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so um, if you haven't noticed, Walt, I approach this disease state from kind of almost like a personalized or customized treatment. We have so many tools in our toolbox. We have so many opportunities to be able to hand a patient a opportunity to alleviate a lot of their symptoms and give it to them in such a manner that they feel that, that they're in control. I know that patients are experiencing uh, dry flares. And so for those patients that are using tears and they're, they're, they don't feel they're getting the relief from tears or they're asking me, should I use them more often? Then to me, that is a perfect candidate that I would talk to about saying, look, I have a prescription medication. It's four times a day for two weeks. Those, those patients tend to be, I would tell you, um, you know, the younger type patients, patients who, my contact lens patients. I mean, honestly, any patient who really spends any time in front of a computer or a monitor, um, you know, for, for you talk about these, these naive patients, I mean, they came into your practice. They came in with a symptom. Something's not right. So I, I think that, that it, we owe it to them to provide them an opportunity when we're not there to do something to help those symptoms.
0: Well, let's set the scene. A patient has mild to moderate dry eye who's been using artificial tears, sharing they suffered from an acute worsening of symptoms or dry eye flare about three weeks ago. Would this have been an appropriate patient for ISUVIS? And for uh, let's start out, first question is, how frequently are you prescribing ISUVIS as a first choice for short-term prescription therapy?
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> I absolutely would prescribe that patient Isuvus. I mean, to me, this is where this, this, this uh, medication, this is the wheelhouse. You know, if somebody comes in and they say, hey, this happened to me. Let's, I mean, let's step back for a second. Every one of us who's practicing now, your patients can't get an appointment to get in to see you unless they say they have flashes and floaters, in which case then they're in like in five minutes because your staff is just trained. But your patients can't get in to see you right when they're experiencing uh, the challenge they're having, or better yet, to that same scenario, well, maybe they experiencing something three weeks ago and then they said, oh, well, things are better. And then it happened again. And now they made the appointment. And by the time they see you, things have kind of settled down a little bit because the, that, that, that episode or that flare is kind of like, you know, calmed down a little bit. The next time that happens, what I want you to do is start iSuvis four times a day for two weeks. I don't want you to use it longer than two weeks. If you feel you need to use it longer than two weeks, then I want you to come back and see me. And you know what's nice is that patients understand that what they're experiencing is something that we know and we 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 uh, we can treat. Um, it, it's a great short-term treatment. And and if I can add one more thing, is that you know I think artificial tears are great. An artificial tear is is a short-term, quick burst. You know I, I tease all the time, and I do this to my patients. It's like a mint. You throw in your, you know, you put it in your mouth. It freshens things up for a couple minutes, and then you're like, I feel like I need another mint. You know, when you put a patient on isuvis, what you're doing is you're you're basically giving them the opportunity to kind of soothe that fire um, and kind of
0: uh, almost temper
1: the problems they're having in that short term.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to switch it on you. What about that chronic patient? You, know, you and I both have them. They've been on X drug for this amount of time. How do you address that? Yeah,
1: that is a great question. And the the reality is this, we know how many, and and we could talk to our colleagues and you say, oh, I started a patient on, you know, one of the chronic drys and they said it didn't help or it helped, but it, it didn't do enough. I guarantee you those patients have been experiencing dry flares. And so, to me, having, you know, keeping them on their chronic medication, humming in the background, kind of like, you know, brushing their teeth every day. But sometimes you need a little mouthwash because, you know what, you you kind of kicked it up with the curry or you went a little hard on the garlic. To me, the isubis provides those chronic patients with an opportunity to kind of keep that chronicity at bay. But when they experience those flares, you know, they go on a long trip or allergies kick in, then now they have an
0: opportunity to
1: manage that.
0: All right, I'm going to just pick another scenario here. Patients have been suffering from dry eye for, we'll say, eight years, just a random number. They come in, they've said they've tried everything. You take a look. They may have some MGD. They have 2-plus diffuse SPK. You know, how do you utilize that when you know this is going to be both an acute and chronic condition we're treating altogether. So I'm kind of leading to induction therapy. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think anytime you have a patient that you've been tr- managing for a long period of time, and you have a novel product that has demonstrated to manage your patients' uh, signs and symptoms with a robust clinical trial, then to me, we owe it to our patients to basically step back and let them know, look, this is a inflammatory disease. We can manage it. Let's try this for two weeks. Let's see if we can get that down to the level where we need to get you down to. Izuva's Lidopradinol ataminate ophthalmic suspension, 0.25% is a corticosteroid indicated for the short term up to two weeks treatment of the signs and symptoms of dry eye disease. The most common adverse drug reaction following the use of ISUVIS for two weeks was installation site pain, which was reported in 5% of patients. Prolonged use of corticosteroids may result in glaucoma with damage to the optic nerve, defects of visual acuity, and fields of vision. If this product is used longer than two weeks, IOP should be monitored. Um, If we know that it's it's inflammatory, then we can start them on on a more chronic medication. Um, all the while, though, Walt, what I'm doing is I'm I'm kind of creating the this stair step of what comes after this. That it's not mm-hmm. either or. It's we're building on this. You know, this is mm-hmm. this to me. I I look at isuviz as kind of like almost the first step. Right after an artificial tier then the next step is starting them on isuviz, and then we can kind of move our steps up. But we don't we don't basically get rid of the steps, the steps are still there. We're still having our patients utilizing those medications.
0: My next question for you, Mark, is when would you consider initiating treatment with ISUVIS in newly diagnosed or in established patients with dry disease? I mean, we kind of talked about this earlier. Uh, And so in in particular, when initiating chronic therapy, would you prescribe isubis for induction period until the chronic med starts to work. So, and if you do, do you do them both at the same time? Do you do the isubis first and then bring them back, and then decide? How do you address that?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I you can, you absolutely. I mean, if you have a patient who's a little kind of like leery about medications, you know, maybe starting them on isubis for two weeks, bringing them back, showing them that yeah, this is going to help, but realizing that maybe it's not enough and so then you start them on a chronic medication uh, concomitantly so they have the isubus for those flares i i tend to kind of gravitate more towards you know what they, they almost have two different mechanisms of actions one is to really just kind of quell that long-term um, kind of slow burn of inflammation and that's your chronic med so i'm going to start you on that that's twice a day but for those times when you just can't really manage it or when you're going to be, you know, you're, you're staying up all night, um, you know, because why? Because again, you know, who knows we all are because, you know, we all have fever dreams now and nobody's sleeping. So you wake up in the morning, your eyes just feel like crap. So here's an opportunity to kind of, you know, manage that. So I give them both, you know, another Mm -hmm. place where I I use ISUVIS is for patients who are going in for refractive or cataract surgery. I mean, what's really nice, and you know just as well as I do, Walt, that you know getting the ocular surface to be as close to homeostasis as we possibly can, which is you know always a big challenge, but we see so much inflammation that starting a patient on SUvis a couple of weeks before they go in for their preoperative testing um, to me, I think helps to kind of guide that refractive ship at least least get it get it to port or put it in the right direction and i did not know where i was going with that analogy but it sounded good so for all my my nautical fans out there that was for you that was for you guys
0: (laughs) It, it sounded great mark hey you just you just made me think of something so you told that patient that you know if your eyes really irritate you and you're staying up late i think that's what you said and so you can use the drops so is there something you say after that you know for me i say well use it four times a day for several days, but if it starts to get worse, you need to get your get in my office and give me a call. Uh, are you saying something similar to that or what is your education on that?
1: Well, I am now, um, now that I heard you say that. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> w- but I, I think hopefully by the time I get to the point where we're prescribing the medication, I kind of like set the stage as to what, what I perceive to be their complaint, you know. So I always feel like when we walk into a lane, we're like, you know, detectives. Why are you really here? What really brought you in, you know? And I, I, and to me, whenever somebody is, you know, like worried about, you know, getting uh, um, the the screen, and you're worried about your ocular surface, it's dry eyes. So to me, if it's like I keep that at bay, and I do think that one of the things I say is, look, you know what, this should manage your condition. And if it doesn't, then I definitely want you to call me back. So, you know, I I think what I try to do is keep it at the symptoms we're talking about. So if there's new symptoms, then yeah, absolutely. Um, These patients Mm -hmm. need to come back. Definitely.
0: You know, one thing I I, I hear from you is you empower your patients. And so you they have the very, the, the and they're able to take control of their condition. And then if it's not if it's not taken care of it, then you get involved and they're going they're going to come see. You. And so we've alluded to this in our conversation today on a few occasions that there are many dry patients who do not always present to the office with an active flare. How do you and your staff coach patients to educate on future flares? So
1: that's a great question. Um, and I think that one of the things that we don't do a great job, we just we don't. We are not a very proactive. Um, profession. We're very reactive. Oh, you're in the chair now, let's deal with now. To me, one of the things that I feel we have to start doing is giving our patients scenarios or talking to them about um, things that potentially can happen. You know, you have, especially the, the our younger patients, I don't think we realize that, you know, dry eye is not, is not your mom and pop uh, you know, disease anymore. We're, we're definitely, you know, if you go back and look at some of the, the studies they did, like especially the Beaver Dam progeny study they did back in 2005 to 2008, right when the iPad or no, the iPhone um, was invented, we saw almost a tripling of dry eye in that prevalence of young kids, and the ages were like in the 20s. So I think our mindset and I think what I try to do, and especially with my staff tries to do, is we try to basically um, talk to our patients about, you know, because you're doing this, because you're on your phone, you're on your computer, because you're in contact, because of the change in the environment, because you travel, you may experience these issues. So we want to stop that from happening, or at the very least we want to give you an opportunity to manage that when that happens so i think it's really more about you know discussing with our patients again as i i think i said earlier what their expectations are is establishing expectations
0: mm-hmm. yeah. in the end communication is going to be key uh, for anything that we do and that patient education so they understand their condition why we're prescribing isuvis what it's going to do and what to expect from it Whenever we talk about involving steroids in our treatment plan for these dry eye patients, safety is of paramount interest, especially IOP control. Could you share what the clinical data illustrated in the studies? Isuvus etabinate ophthalmic suspension, 0.25%, is a corticosteroid indicated for the short-term, up to two-weeks treatment of the signs and symptoms of dry eye disease. The most common adverse drug reaction following the use of isubis for two weeks was insulation site pain which was reported in five percent of patients prolonged use of corticosteroids may result in glaucoma with damage to the optic nerve defects of visual acuity and fields of vision if this product is used longer than two weeks iop should be monitored
1: yeah you know what walt that is a great point to bring up because it's interesting to me, even now. You know, I think students are scared when they come out of, you know, and start practicing to use steroids. When I, when I was doing my residency 26 years ago, there was an ophthalmologist in the practice, and he said to me, hey "Mark, why, why, why don't you guys use more steroids?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, pressure." And he looked at me, he goes, "You're never going to control the inflammation unless you start using steroids." The concern that I always hear is like, "What about the pressure?" And so what's exciting about ISUvis is that if you go back and look at the clinical data, there was three patients out of 1,430 that were in the treatment arm that registered an IOP greater than or equal to 10 millimeters from baseline, an increase from baseline and greater than or equal to 21. I mean, three. That That basically accounted for, I believe, 0.2 percent of all the pressures, so 99.8 percent of the pressures that were done in this clinical study um, were, were within uh, the, their baseline. So I, I feel comfortable, I feel confident um, in prescribing this in and around um, steroids and, and some of the other things that we've been, we've been uh, beaten down with when we've been in
0: school. So Mark, what, what has your clinical experience been in reference to the IOP? Has it come back normal? Has it been, Have you had a spike? Because I haven't seen one.
1: I have yet to see a spike in pressure. And, you know, my, my staff is, the minute they see a ROID, they see somebody's taking a steroid, they are Johnny on the spot to check their pressure. Uh, so I, I've never seen an elevated pressure, especially uh, around isophis. I've seen it with other steroids, um, but I have not seen it with isophis.
0: How often do you measure i l p with dry patients in your practice? I'm assuming before, and then the follow up you see them in a few weeks What about the uh what about that chronic patient? Are you bringing them in to check their pressure or how do you how do you manage that
1: Let me digress most of my patients I bring back a minimum either three months or six months so I, there's always this kind of like you know uh you know, don't forget about us, come on, got to bring in, just check out, make sure you're you're managing the condition the way that I hope you are. And more importantly, sometimes those patients come in, they'll forget, you know, what they were supposed to be doing. So it's a good opportunity to talk about, you know, some of the other modalities that they need to be utilizing. Whenever they come in and they've been prescribed a steroid, then they're absolutely getting their pressure tested. Um, and they're also, you know, we're looking at the optic nerve. I mean, it's, it's not a challenge, you know, again, to pick up your 78 diopter and, you know, unless you take it home and you don't have it cause it's in the washing machine. But I mean, yeah, so we, we definitely are doing that every time.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just to be clear, I was talking about patient that was on chronic medical therapy that had a dry eye flare that they use the Isuvus And but you just answered, you still see the patients at three months and six months. And so you're still checking that either way. Yeah. I just, you know, for the patients who
1: I mean, if they have a chronic dry eye, I don't want them go I I treat them like I do my glaucoma patients. I wanna manage their condition because especially with the fact that we have these, you know, flares. So I, I wanna be there to be able to make sure that they're managing their flare appropriately or better yet, maybe we need to go to that next step. Um, We need to start thinking about, you know, thermal pulsation, or we need to start thinking about um, some of the other treatment options that we might have for these patients.
0: Well, this is our final question, which is rather important to link this discussion from start to finish. With dry flares being periods of acute worsening of symptoms, what would be your recommendation to other eye care providers regarding treating dry flares with short-term prescription therapy like Isubis?
1: You know, my my advice would basically be is don't hold back. Don't don't think you know what if it gets worse or if we have you know what they're sitting in the chair. And to me, I think you need to treat the patient in the chair. And the patient is sitting there, is doing life experiences and things that are changing the quality of their ocular surface. Like 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 we don't know. I don't know what they're doing. They don't know what I'm doing. So knowing that they're experiencing flares or just talking to them and hearing that they're going to or may experience flares then i think what you need to do is just be proactive you know and basically um give them an opportunity to be able to manage this therapy in a bottle let them have that therapy at home um, and then the other thing too all i think that this validates what we do as clinicians you know, Mm -hmm. because they have to come back to see us. They have, we want to manage it. We talked about checking pressure and looking at the optic nerve. Those are great, but when we make our patients feel better, then they they want to come back because they want to wonder what else are they not knowing or what else is is happening that we can manage.
0: Mm -hmm. And then now, I mean, we can confidently prescribe this for everything you just mentioned today is, you know, looking at the efficacy for both signs and symptoms, looking at that safety profile, but once again, confidently prescribing this because patients are the ones that we know that do benefit. So, and Mark, Dr. Blumenstein, I'm so excited to have you here and thank you for participating today. And thank you all for attending this podcast, The Dry Eye Chronicles. Thanks for having me, Walt.
2: Please listen to the following important safety information. Indication, Isuvis, Lotoprednol etabonate ophthalmic suspension 0.25% is a corticosteroid indicated for the short-term, up to two weeks, treatment of the signs and symptoms of dry eye disease. Important safety information, Contraindications. Isuvus, as with other ophthalmic corticosteroids, is contraindicated in most viral diseases of the cornea and conjunctiva, including epithelial herpes simplex keratitis, dendritic keratitis, vaccinia and varicella, and also in mycobacterial infection of the eye and fungal diseases of ocular structures. Warnings and precautions. Delayed healing and corneal perforation. Topical corticosteroids have been known to delay healing and cause corneal and scleral thinning. Use of topical corticosteroids in the presence of thin corneal or scleral tissue may lead to perforation. The initial prescription in each renewal of the medication order should be made by a physician only after examination of the patient with the aid of magnification such as slit lamp biomicroscopy and, where appropriate, fluorescein staining. Intraocular pressure, IOP, increase. Prolonged use of corticosteroids may result in glaucoma with damage to the optic nerve, as well as defects in visual acuity and fields of vision. Corticosteroids should be used with caution in the presence of glaucoma. Renewal of the medication order should be made by a physician only after examination of the patient and evaluation of the IOP. Cataracts. Prolonged use of corticosteroids may result in posterior subcapsular cataract formation. Bacterial infections. Use of corticosteroids may suppress the host response and thus increase the hazard of secondary ocular infections. In acute purulent conditions of the eye, corticosteroids may mask infection or enhance existing infection. Viral infections Use of corticosteroid medication in the treatment of patients with a history of herpes simplex requires great caution. Use of ocular corticosteroids may prolong the course and may exacerbate the severity of many viral infections of the eye, including herpes simplex. Fungal infections. Fungal infections of the cornea are particularly prone to develop coincidentally with long term local corticosteroid application. Fungus invasion must be considered in any persistent corneal ulceration where a corticosteroid has been used or is in use. Fungal cultures should be taken when appropriate. Adverse reactions. The most common adverse drug reaction following the use of isuvus. For two weeks was installation sight pain, which was reported in 5% of patients.